So 561 Music now has a hotline. You can call us anytime at 561-203-9122 and ask us any questions you like, um, you know, some humorous ones or something about um, the guests we've had on the show or questions about gear or questions about the festival or anything you like. Um, it's, of course, 561 203 9122. We would love to hear from you. Um, we did a pretty fun little message, so you get to hear that too. Um, even if you just call up to listen to me and Hector trying to do a good phone message, that's a good enough reason. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, please get in touch. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. I'm Hector, and there's no Ben today. Ben is unfortunately uh, not with us today. Uh, he uh, He's playing one of those very, very rare Wednesday gigs that he very occasionally does, and by occasionally, I mean like once a year, and today is it. So it's just me, guys. Um, unfortunately, you have just me, but uh, let's see. What do we do this weekend? The Killbillies, we, uh, we were all over the place this weekend. We were up in Fort Pierce on Friday. We played Sailfish Brewery, and that was pretty fun. Good group of people up there, and there's always a good crowd up there. Um, Saturday night, we played Patty Max, and that's just our spiritual home. Uh, you know, Patty Max is always just uh, – it's always fun. It's always fun. There's always a good crowd there. Um, People really love us there. We just love playing there. And then Sunday we played at the Gardens Green Market, which is, uh, you know, it's it's a fun gig. We enjoy it, but it is just way too early for any musician on a Sunday morning. So it's uh, we have to be there at like you know seven eight o'clock in the morning to set up. And after a uh, after a long night at Patty Max, it was just uh, it's always brutal to get up. But uh, yeah, that's what we did this weekend. And uh, so today our guest is Scattered Lights, and we have Matthew. Ethan and Asher, how you guys doing? Doing all right. We're, yeah, good. we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just dive right into it. Um, you know, basically, uh, what we usually start out with is uh, we ask you guys how you got started in music, and uh, just individually, how you got started in music. So we'll start with you, Matthew. How'd you get started, and you know, was your family supportive and that kind of stuff? Um. Wow. Let's see. <laughs> uh, drums were actually the first thing, and then there was just way too much from the neighbors so that went away and i just really still wanted to play smashing pumpkin songs that was really the reason why i wanted to play an instrument and how old old are you at this time um i don't know but i was in middle school okay and um so i ended up switching to guitar and literally played till my fingers bled and fell asleep playing and finally started learning stuff and within a few months like hey all right i'm getting good at this and um how about your family? Like, what was what was uh, what was music like in your house? Is that you get like parents play a lot of music and stuff? Or uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's always been a constant. Um, unfortunately, my parents are really big disco fans. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but I lucked out though. My brother was uh, kind of a saving grace that he had good taste in music and exposed okay. me to a lot of rock from like you know 80s, 90s, and all that. Sure. And, um, he brought me to like all my first shows and was always super supportive of exposing me to that culture yeah. and um, with the instrument in general. So I think I really, really lucked out in that respect. And my parents have always been pretty supportive as well. Now, did you take any lessons or anything? Or no, no, no. nice. It was all. Um, it was kind of funny. I'd, a lot of people wonder why I use like such heavy gauge strings, and it's not because like the way I tune or anything. It's because when I first started learning, I was using my grandfather's really nice Les Paul. And a buddy of mine kind of figured, hmm, but if I discourage him, he'll give up and maybe he'll sell it to me, not realizing there was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> so he put like 13s on this thing. Oh, wow. So I'm learning with 13s, which is why like, I was playing till my hands bled. And yeah, that didn't work on him, but it backfired on me because now I can't use lighter gauge strings. I just tear through them. That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, so your, your grandfather used to play then, so you have a little musical background in your family. Yeah, my grandfather was just a really great human being in general. Yeah. Awesome. You know, very inspiring to me as a person. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Ethan? How did you get started? So um, I actually wasn't too interested in music at first. This was around, like, 
elementary school. Um, I mainly listened to like EDM, like the 2010s kind with like dubstep and like really generic house music. And um, this one day at church, like this is near the end of like fifth grade. Um, like my parents were like encouraging me to um, play an instrument. And this one day at church, I decided to pick up, uh, or at least like one of the members of the church band let me pick up their bass guitar. And uh, my parents noticed that I was pretty like interested in like me trying to noodle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, I think like a week later, they bought me a, a bass guitar and I just. Nice. At, at that time, I was still like a little bit into EDM, so I I tried to learn songs from from like that genre, but my dad also encouraged me to like actually like learn simple songs for the bass guitar. Nice, nice. So your parents kind of kind of pushed you a little bit in that direction, huh? Pretty much. And did you uh, did they like when they bought you that that bass guitar? Did you do lessons and things at that point, or you just kind of did it on your own, or? Um, yeah, at first it was pretty much on my own. Yeah, YouTube University. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, but eventually I did start taking lessons. Yeah. Did you end up playing? Um, you said you, you, know, you, were, you got interested in it um, when somebody at the church was playing it. Did you actually start playing at the church at all at any point? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at some point I, I started playing in church, and as I got better and better, I started playing like, Pretty much the whole like yeah. set list. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a there's been a lot of musicians that have come through here that uh, during the interview they they talk about how they got started at, at church and stuff like that seems to be mm-hmm. like a huge thing you know especially with a lot of the churches having a lot of a lot of like musical ensembles and things so yeah yeah that's oh, awesome yeah. man. How about you Asher? How'd you get started? Well, both of my parents are musicians. Uh, there were a lot of instruments in the house. It was really impossible to avoid it. <laughs> um, you know, at some point very early on, I decided that the drums were the coolest, and I went just all in on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I learned as much as I could by myself. I took all sorts of lessons. I played in school. I still play in school. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Even in a few bands now. Nice. <laughs> now, um, if, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ben was one of your teachers at one point? Yeah, that's right. When... Uh, Ben was still working at the School of Rock. Okay. I was a student there. Yeah. Uh, he really helped me a lot, and I'm kind of sad he isn't here to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. talk with us. Um, yeah, I saw him in the parking lot on the way in. He was pretty bummed that he wasn't going to be here, so mm, he didn't realize you were yeah. in his band. <laughs> yeah, I really owe him a lot. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's I like to hear that. Um, you know, Ben... Ben uh, Ben loves teaching. It's one. Of, it's one of his favorite things. I mean, he loves all things music, and he loves teaching. So, to have you know someone like you be at the table here, being interviewed, and it's somebody that you know that he helped you know along mm-hmm, the way. Mm-hmm. That, like that's awesome. That that warms my heart. I like that. Um, Ethan, I'm going to come back to you because you're the bass player, man. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, and I mean, you know, listen, I'm a little biased, all right. I'm, you oh, know, okay. I'm, a, ba- I'm a bass player, so perfect. But but tell me, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started the interview um, about the double bass, about the upright bass and stuff. And so, do you play upright or? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually made, most of my education was actually in upright. Okay. So, um, I'd say around like seventh grade. I started to pick a, pick it up because I was like at that point I was really interested in like a career in, in music and willing willing to like you know put effort into a really valuable instrument. Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as like um, playing style and stuff, are you um, do you do you bow it at all, or are you just do you just finger pick it or slapping you know rockabilly like you know like what, what do you do? I, I have first of all I have no idea how to slap on on the double bass. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's mainly like um, jazz style and uh, bow. Nice man, mad respect, man. It's uh, I uh, I've been a bass player, you know, my pretty much my entire life um, since I was probably seventeen, eighteen years old, and um, 
I didn't pick up a double bass until I joined Killbillies. So I've only been playing the double bass for about two and a half years. I joined Killbillies about three years ago, and I picked up the double bass about six months into it. And, um, yeah, huge respect, man, because it's, it's been a huge learning curve for me. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, sure. it's, a, it's a cool instrument. Um, so, all right, so let's see. How did you guys come up with the name of the band? Well, we only have one original yeah. member here. Um um, it actually came from a friend of mine okay. who was a fan of just the stuff that I wrote in general and me as a player. And he was like, I really like your premise as to why you're wanting to start this new band, which is essentially to, you know, the hopes that your music can touch people and help them in a positive way. Nice. And get people through in like the same way that it has me. And he was like, I've got the perfect name for you guys. I'm like, all right, let's hear it. And I'm like, oh my God, that. That is a really good name, actually. He's like, it's yours. Nice. What's it mean? He's like, well, taking this positivity, this positive energy you have, and putting it as far out as you can, like light does. Like, oh, I like all that. right. I like that. I like that it has meaning, and it's not just you know, oh, it's cool, you know, cool, cool band name. Because we get a lot, we get a lot of that. I mean, Killbillies. That's just a cool band name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, you're talking about writing and stuff. Um, um, well, first off, you you said uh, he's you're the only original member. So, how long has the band as a whole been together, and how long has this ensemble been together? Um, well, we were together a few years before COVID. Okay, and then kind of took a break just because. Because everybody did. <laughs> um, I mean, life kind of happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. I graduated college and I bought a home and was trying to put life together really sure. you know okay sure. time to be an adult for a little bit and uh just kind of said you know what let's go ahead and get this restarted back me and the original bass player and then COVID happened yeah so kind of waited a little bit and then finally it's like hey we can have contact with people again great so um we went ahead and started looking online and went and tried asher out through um god what was it band mix i think yeah Found nice. him on band mix, went and played with him, and was like, "Holy crap!" A lot crap. of band members through band mix over the years. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this guy's freaking amazing. So, rehearsed with him like two or three times, and then we went and played with our old bass player Matt, and um, it just clicked really well. And me and Matt were like, "This guy's really freaking good." Like, yeah, I know. Gotta keep him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that. And unfortunately, um, last year Matt decided to leave the state okay so like all right let's find a new bass player so luckily asher knew ethan nice mm -hmm. and um you guys go to school together or uh we well we sort of met through the, the school jazz scene but not at the same school we, yeah we, we met in band camp okay yes mm -hmm. band camp being like a bunch of schools like coming together over the summer yeah yeah okay yeah fair enough so how long has this group been together the three of you guys since i guess with all three of us since october really to be honest okay mm -hmm. it was kind of funny um like i was saying earlier i felt kind of reminded me um you ever seen a movie that thing you do before yeah yeah there's that scene towards the end where they're going to be on like that um that sort of late night television show and yeah. they get this bass player in like well can you play the songs the guy's well, like, the I wolf, think I can wolf handle. Yeah, he's like, I think I can handle your stuff, Junior, and pulls out this lick. Like, holy crap! That's pretty much like how it was when he came in. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm dead freaking serious. That's amazing. I am Spartacus. That's a, that's, a, that's a great movie, man. That's a great movie. I love that movie. Um, so, all right, cool. How? Um, this is a question. Um, this is a question that we like to ask everybody. Um, everybody, there's no right or wrong answer, and everybody's got you know their own their own answer to this but do you guys practice i'm assuming as a band you practice but do you practice individually your instruments yeah i i think so yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah okay and you every night every night oh yeah nice okay. nice and now do you just practice your guitar or do you practice your vocals as well um i go through about a half hour of vocal exercises every night excellent and with the guitar about 
35, 40 minutes or so, nice. depending on how tired I am from the day, really. Yeah, if I get uh, if I get 15 minutes a week of practice, it's it's a lot, <laughs> and it's just because we're it's because we're gigging so much, you know, and it's hard sometimes to. I hate to say motivated, but yeah, it's hard sometimes to get motivated during the week when I've already when I've already played, you know, three sometimes four or four hour shows over the course of the week. Like it's it's hard to just yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Plus, when you're playing <laughs> when you're playing, uh, you know, when you're playing like a guitar or something, like you know, you can keep it hanging on a hook. Like we have someone here in the studio, and you can keep it on a hook. You can walk past it, pick it up, noodle for ten minutes, and put it back, and you've practiced. Even if that's just every once in a while, you know, it, it keeps you. Go. It's a little harder to pull that double bass out of the case and set it up. It, it just becomes yeah. cumbersome. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does. It becomes. I'm starting to get better about leaving it set up in in one of the rooms in the house and just walking past it and trying to do a little something. But it, it gets hard. It gets hard. Um, so you were saying earlier that. Uh, um, Matthew, you were saying that um, with the previous members and stuff, like how the band got started and stuff, and how um, you know you were trying to get your music out and stuff. So I'm assuming you are the primary uh, music writer of the band for the most part, yeah. Okay, and so do you guys have a writing process? Like, do you do you write something and just bring it to the guys and say just play this, or do you bring them stuff and they put the, have their input on it, or how does it all work with you guys? Um, with the pre-exist, with the stuff that was pre-existing before, I mean, it's like okay, well, the stuff's already in place, so sure. it's like learn that. But with all the new stuff that we're working on right now, um, yeah, it's a lot more freer yeah. input. You know, the main thing is to uh, serve the song and not the ego, really. Sure, absolutely. And what's your what's your process like? Do you tend to do you tend to come up with lyrics and then then music, or music and then lyrics, or it's honestly all over the place. A little like, both, yeah, yeah. I was telling them a few days ago, I came up, what was it, last Monday, I think? Um, I was on my duty at work and um, just popped in my head uh, to write a song essentially about what a teacher goes through in the day, which is essentially kind of screaming for silence. Okay. And that's literally what I decided to. <laughs> but I came up with like, I'm like, all right, this that drum pattern sounds like it would work really well, something like that. And like, I have a sound in my head of what the guitar should sound like. Okay. And I started like humming a vocal melody and what I felt were some possible good lyrics to go with that. And yeah. I fleshed the whole chorus out and I got home and I figured most of it out with the exception of this one noise. And I came to play with them and I'm like, oh, shoot, that's the sound. And it just came right out. And we started messing with it a few days ago and like, all right, this sounds pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're you're a teacher? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I teach uh, middle school language arts. Nice, nice. Good for you, man. Um, how um, how busy is the band these days? Like, are you? I know you guys. Just, you said you guys are just kind of getting going from October or whatever. But are you guys playing out a lot or not that often? Or you're trying to play more out or? Um, it's about a show a month. It's looking out right now. Okay. Um, the toughest part really is just trying to get venues to respond yes and getting bands to actually commit which seems like it shouldn't be difficult but unfortunately it kind of is difficult than it seems yeah and it kind of causes you to lose gigs too which sucks yeah so you're playing um you know killbillies has a lot of originals um and we try to slip them in wherever we can and stuff i mean you know i mean we're playing you know we're playing o'shea's or something and it's a four-hour gig we're probably playing, you know, two hours of, of originals slipped in here and there, like, you know, f- probably like a one-for-one one almost, you know, of, of originals and covers. Um, when you guys are doing your shows or you're putting your shows together, you're, I'm assuming you're not doing these four-hour cover gigs and things. You're, you guys are just playing your originals and you're playing with other bands, so you're doing like, what, like a 30 or 45-minute set or something? About 30, 35 yeah. minutes all original. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, it just feels – I decided a long time ago not to – really learn other people's music just yeah. because the more you learn other people's stuff the more it's going to influence what you do and 100 man there goes you being able to have some sort of style <laughs> well, well what's funny with killbillies um is uh as far as style goes um you know we do play a lot of covers um but if you ever go to a killbilly show and listen to us like they're you'll know what the songs are they're recognizable but they're i don't think there's any cover that we play the way it's supposed to be played we play it our way and so we just 
it just turns out to be kind of killbilly covers, you know, basically. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, what kind of venues have you guys been playing? You guys are based out of, uh, Palmish County, right? Yeah. So, so well, you've been playing venues around here or down South or, um, pretty much Broward for some reason, I feel like Broward is a lot more welcoming. There's mm-hmm. a few, there's a, <laughs> there's a few venues down there that are, that are pretty open to having the, the original bands. It's hard. There's a lot of venues that have music. There's not a lot of venues that have original music. Yep. Um, so it's very hard. Um, tough times down in Broward. Is that one of the places you've played at? Or? Yeah, yep. I love tough yep. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, like, uh, there used to be this place called Vintage Tap actually in downtown Delray. That oh yeah. Love to play that place. And it was funny because Tough Times reminds me of Vintage Tap, and I told the owner that, and he's like, oh, I happen to be friends with that owner. Okay. I'm like, holy crap, that's I'm awesome. To, I'm trying to think. Vintage Tap, Vintage Tap was like a recent thing that you've done? Um, no, it was uh, prior to COVID. It was um, oh, okay. like right before the app yeah, starts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because um, uh, Justin, the, um, the uh, producer in there, um, and actually the owner of the of Live Music Community where we're at, um, we, um, we were in a, in a Nirvana tribute band for a while. And we played vintage tap a little bit, so yeah, a couple times. Yeah, we played that a couple times. It was fun, man. It was a cool. It was a tiny little place with a tiny little stage, but it was fun. It was. I felt like you were like ten feet from the stage. I mean, from the stage to the bar was like right there. Like it was like you had like a little bit of space, a table, and then like the bar. Was, I felt like people who went there like they genuinely wanted to hear music. Oh, 100%. Like it wasn't just a place to hang out. You yeah. Know? Oh no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So. Let's see. What kind of uh, what kind of? I know you said your brother. Um, for you, your brother kind of introduced you to some music and stuff. What are some of the bands that influenced you? Oh God, <laughs> they, they know where this is going. Mm-hmm. You guys start <laughs> thinking about it because I'm asking you next. <laughs> um, I mean, like essentially, when I started this band, I was like, I want to have something that sounds like my two biggest influences, which is. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Alice in Chains. So to okay. have that heaviness, that big wall of sound, yeah. and the melodicism that they bring, and just that focus on just really great songwriting that oh, for sure. really touches people. Yeah, I love Alice in Chains. So it's basically yeah. like about that. Soundgarden, um, Faith No More was like my very first favorite band. Nice. nice. Um, and going like they're out of even younger, uh, The Temptations. I nice. just freaking love Motown. They have yeah. like the absolute best writers ever. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's that's kind of that's uh, it's not disco, but it's kind of edging on that. It's edging on that disco influence of yours. They had that sort of <laughs> little section there for a bit. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ethan, what kind of influences did you have? Okay, so as as a bassist, um, a lot of like really like like bassists that have a very specific sound. They influence me a lot. Like, for instance, Tina Weymouth from Talking Heads. Yeah. Like, really, like, I guess, like, jerky bass lines, like most people call them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Ja Wobble, if you know him. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he played with, um, more specifically, his stuff with Public Image Limited, like, he has, like, the lowest, most bassy sound ever. And these weird, like, symmetrical shapes he puts into these bass lines, it's super interesting. That's pretty awesome. Well, I'm in uh, I'm in another band with, with Justin right now um, called Euphobia, and um, he he's pretty much the one who writes the songs. You know, um, you know we, we all put a little bit of our own flavor on it, but it's pretty much him who comes to the table with, you know, these are songs that he's written in the past and he brought to the table, kind of like you were saying, things from the past that you just already brought, you know, that were already completed. Um, but um, almost every song, um, the bass lines are way more complicated than any guitar line that's in the song, you know? Ooh. And so we joke around about it. And when we're joking around about writing a song, he'll strum two chords He'll strum two chords and be like, you know, I like how that sounds. I'm like, here, let me write the bass line. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all, all over, yeah. all over. Yeah, no, because it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's pretty mm-hmm. fun. Um, Asher, how are, uh, what kind of influences did you have? Well, let's see it. It started mostly with, uh, you know, classic rock, the kind of thing you'd play in a cover band in a bar. Yeah. Then it quickly got more and more adventurous from there. You know, it went through the progressive rock 
you know, your rushes, your yeses, your yeah. king crimsons. Hell yeah, man. Uh, straight through to metal. And eventually I sort of hit a wall with that, and then I just sort of took a left turn into jazz. Well, that's, yeah, that's a huge left turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, fun, funnily enough, uh, the thing that got me to take jazz seriously was the movie Whiplash. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Reverse uh, psychology. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so how'd you, how, I mean, how'd you go, I mean, you went from metal to jazz. How'd you go from jazz to this stuff? Uh, at a certain point, I felt like I had played a bit of everything, so I just played whatever I could get my hands on, and uh, Matthew here was one of the first guys to give me a call. Yeah. Now, see, a better answer would have been girls. <laughs> well, yeah, that hasn't happened yet, but uh, hopefully someday. <laughs> um, all right, um, so we we talked about uh, we talked about uh, you guys playing, uh, you know, some of the clubs and stuff that you guys have played, um, but overall. You know, we talked about how you've, how you've uh, found the scene um, as far as, you know, a lot of venues have music, but not a lot of venues have original music, and it's a little hard to, to book stuff. But how have you found this, the Florida scene, just, you know, the local Florida music scene overall, like in general? Um, you know, do you, feel, do you feel like the bands around you are welcoming, or, you know, do you feel like it's a very cutthroat scene? Or how do you, what do you, feel, how do you feel about the scene in general? Um, well... I'll, I'll just talk about my old band first with um, Emergency Staircase. Okay. Um, so at first, like, it felt really weird for us since we were mainly focusing on getting ourselves out without the scene. Yeah. And then um, about, like, a year later when we started being active in the band again, we got back into the scene, and um, everyone is, like, pretty nice here. And then, like, there's, like, these few people that, you know, are just a bit shadier. Sure. <laughs> sure. There's, always, there's yeah. always one in the crowd. Of course. Always. Of course. There's always one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd say that everyone who's willing to work with us is nice to work with. Nice. Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, oh, I feel like things are kind of clicky to be honest yeah like there are some bands that like they only play like these three or four bands these bands only play these four three or four bands and like people kind of don't break out of that i mean i get wanting to play with bands that sound kind of similar to what you do but at the same time you want to have a little bit of uh, variety too you know i think what happens because i I, you know I, i know of a handful of bands that i see them on the same bills with the same people over and over again and I, I think in some cases, and I'm not saying that there's not any clickiness, there's definitely some clickiness <laughs> with some bands. Um, but I think in some cases, some bands are just really comfortable with other bands. Like you said, they have a similar sound or they're really comfortable. They've become huge friends or something. And so they're always trying to play shows together because it's just fun. Um, you know, and, 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 and you know, it's an unfortunate byproduct of it that, you know, then it, those become these like closed shows or it's the same three bands, the same three bands, same three bands. But, um, but I have also found that the scene, um, as vast and as big as the South Florida scene is, um, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of community and there's a lot of like, it's very rare that I get a band in here that either I didn't know somebody or Ben didn't know somebody, whether we knew we knew somebody or not until they got here. And then we were like, Oh, I didn't know you were in that band. you know, like with Ben being, being your teacher and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, even my son, he stopped by earlier. He, uh, Gavin, he uh, he knew you from another band that you were in. Um, what was the other band you were in? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, there's another band that you were in. I think you guys played a show together or something at some point. He's in he's in Young Fiction. He plays the drums oh, for Young Fiction. Then, uh, yeah, if he's in Young Fiction, then uh, he played with... Uh, Sleeping my, in? Yeah, sleeping in. Sleeping I wasn't, in. I, I wasn't what, going to say the name. <laughs> I wasn't going to say the name. I don't like to promote my other projects on. That's fine. On, on stuff like this. No, no, but, it's fine. Uh, yeah, um, that was that was the band. But yeah, it's it's funny. You know, it's it, it's just I I find that it's like this small community. You know, everybody everybody kind of knows everybody, or somebody always knows somebody. You know, mm-hmm. which is just kind of funny. But um, that's cool. There are some bands like we contact, and they're just like super nice people. And mm-hmm. you go and see them and hang out and. They're just the best. Like, man, I wish we were a little bit younger because when you're younger, it's a little easier to hang out and everything. But as you get older, yeah. like, people have lives and 
wives or whatever it is. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> Pets. Yeah. Oh no, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm considerably older than you guys, and that's that's always that's always an issue. Um, you know, it was an issue. It was an issue. You know, I was a kid and I could do whatever I wanted. Then I was, you know, the middle lifetime where it was, you know, <laughs> kids and family and everything, and commitments, and I can only play out once in a while. Now my kids are pretty much, you know, older now, 16, 19, et cetera. And so, yeah, so I play out a lot now. You know, I'm like, I'm like back to that. It's like my second wind, I guess. Catch up time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so who does, um, you guys have a social media presence, I'm assuming? Yep. Yeah. And who, who does that? Do you guys? do it all kind of together or is it you Matthew or do you guys split that up a little bit um yeah pretty much it was funny um we were having a little bit of difficulty like later last year trying to get gigs and finally one venue was like well you guys don't seem to have much of a social media presence mm-hmm. like really that's what's uh, all right fine so we just started posting You'd be every day You'd and be they're shocked. like okay now all of a sudden it's like it's a lot easier to get gigs just you, posting you, random things you would be every shocked. day um we have um we actually have a social media person um, at this point with Killbillies, uh, Danielle. Shout out to Danielle, who's absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, but um, she posts literally every day for us. Um, and she comes out to occasionally to shows and stuff and takes photos of us and things like that. So she's just constantly creating content and posting things and posting the shows and posting, you know, our schedules, you know, stuff like that constantly. And so um, Killbillies occasionally goes out of town. And so. When we book stuff out of state and out of town, we do these like short little tours. Um, you you know we reach out to people. It's so much easier to reach out to somebody when they when they can go to your website or go to your social media and they can see you. And listen, um, you know uh, what, what do they say? Um, you know it's like your 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 presence or your um, you know. Uh, I guess your persona or whatever you, however you want to put it, um, is, you know, is nine tenths of the game, you know, the illusion, you know, so it's all smoke and mirrors kind of thing. But, um, but at the end of the day, like you could be this huge band with no social media and this huge, great band with no social media. And you're probably going to get less gigs than the small little band that has three songs, but has a ridiculous presence online because that's what they're looking for. They see that and they assume, Oh, they're going to draw people because they have a good social media presence. Yeah. So that's, that's a big deal. So you guys, are you guys better about posting and everything now or? Yeah, I've been getting on that and I've had a few friends who are like, do you want me to take over this? Cause you're not the best with social media. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. What are you guys using right now? Just just Instagram or? Um, we have a website that okay. has like it looks kind of like a link tree where it yeah. has a bunch of links. But yeah. among those, it actually says click here for the official site. And you click that and it takes you to an actual website, which okay. seems a little odd. But there's videos and all of our upcoming shows. And Nice. You guys um, keep a schedule on there then? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. And do you, you update that yourself then on the website? Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, let's see. I'm going to ask you a question that Ben sometimes asks. Um, I know you guys haven't been together for too long, but you have played a few shows together. So what is the absolute weirdest thing that has ever happened at a gig for you guys? Mm. (laughs) Or if, if anything, if anything weird has happened. I mean, okay. So in the first gig, I didn't know it was a 21 plus show. Okay. (laughs) Um, and what's even funnier is that I brought a a friend there who okay. was not twenty one. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, they they had to be outside while I was oh, performing man. inside. Oh yeah. man. So how how old are you guys? I am eighteen. Okay. I am twenty. You're forty two, aren't you? No, God, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> I think I've been doing fairly well at staving off the Grim Reaper. Yeah, I know, man. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> no, I'm in my 30s. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, I will tell you what. Why don't you guys, uh, why don't you guys play us a little something? Sounds sure. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. i 
561 Music is sponsored by Jupiter Inlet Boat Rentals. Jupiter Inlet Boat Rentals and Boat Club is Palm Beach County's premier boat rental company and boat rental club. They've been in continuous operation since the year 2000 on the beautiful waters of Jupiter Inlet. It is the affordable alternative to boat ownership. Their membership club ranks number one in both quality, availability and customer satisfaction. You'll choose from their fleet of boats consisting of deck boats, dual consoles and centre consoles. Rent offshore fishing boats, deluxe cruising boats and plush deck boats, all powered by four-stroke outboard engines. Their vessels are fully equipped for your safety and comfort with styles suitable for ocean and intracoastal use. They are located just two minutes away from the mouth of Jupiter Inlet, which means fast access and the most beautiful stretch of the intracoastal. In fact, no other boat company can match their ideal location. Fishermen will be thrilled to note that sports fishing starts just a quarter mile offshore and the warm Gulf Stream is a mere three miles from the shore. The address is 1095 North A1A, Jupiter, Florida 33477 and you can find it at jupiterinletboatrentals.com. The telephone is 561 741 1212. In their efforts to make boating affordable, they offer rental discount membership programs that do not require a large investment up front. You pay a little to join and pay as you go. Other boat rental clubs take all your money up front, charge a monthly maintenance fee and hope you never show up. At Jupiter Inlet Boat Club, plans start at 700 to join and each time you take out a boat, daily fees start at just 249 plus fuel. There are no monthly fees. If you have heard of the boat club from 561 Music, please let them know when you call or go there to book a boat and the friendly staff will take that into account and take care of you. We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road, and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water, and it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So... The atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam, or baby foot as they call it in France. And uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there, all sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band, and his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, we run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, we are also a studio, a live stream venue, and can, we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, 
But outside of that, we can record albums, we can help you with your EPK, and we have full audio-visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. All right. So, uh, yeah, we just listened to some advertisements, and the last one we had was Live Music Community. So uh, seeing as uh, Live Music Community is a music school for kids, and it's where we're at right now. Um, do you guys have any advice for upcoming young musicians? Don't give up. Keep trying your best. Nice. Well, that was going to be mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> so really don't give up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Truly. Yeah. It, it's too fun to give up. How can you? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, also, listen to a lot of music, not just practice. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think variety of music is, is, is the way to go, too. Um, you know, people people get pigeonholed into, like, a certain genre or certain, you know. And not to, say, not to say that their music – you know, doesn't you know doesn't have a certain feel to it or whatever, so that it's all cohesive and it sounds like it's the same band. But but I think listening to different types of music is always is you know broadening that horizon is always very helpful in the writing process and stuff. So totally, yeah, Matthew, you got anything to add? Um, yeah, find something that inspires you. If okay. you feel like when you're learning that it's just not happening, find that one thing to drive you in. That'll be it. That'll be your guiding light. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. So, uh, yeah, man, you guys just uh, played a couple of songs for us. Pretty awesome. Um, first thing I'm going to ask you is, this is the first time you guys have played acoustically, huh? This lineup, yeah. Yep. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. What would you think about it? How did it feel to play acoustic instead of, like, really rocking out? I mean, I, I still felt like in the second song we were – Rocking out a bit, <laughs> yeah. No, it sounded good, man. It sounded good in the studio, in the studio monitors, and there it was. It was sounding really good. So, it was. Uh, it was definitely a, a jam. Um, <clears throat> Matthew, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know uh, what those songs are called and uh, and a little bit about the the meaning of the songs, maybe? Sure. Um, the first one we did is another way, which I guess we're just going to refer to as a five six one music podcast exclusive because we do not play that one live. Oh, it's just, amazing. it's uh, it's really difficult. As simple as it may sound, it's actually pretty difficult to perform live in the way that we would like to play it. So it just doesn't really get played, at least not at the time being, anyway. Okay. Um, but that one was inspired by the kind of oddest thing. I was in a writing class, and uh, this person I used to talk to, and everyone would kind of volunteer their latest writing, and this person I would talk to. Um, shared this poem. I don't remember the exact title, but it had the, what was it? It mentioned in the title, a post-apocalyptic bathtub. I'm like, what the? (laughs) But it was like this poem essentially about this time she tried to kill herself in the bathtub. Okay. And for whatever reason, that inspired that song about just wanting to help someone. Okay. And uh, the other song we played, The Sound of Silence, not to be confused with that terrible disturbed song. <laughs> Good God. Um, that was that was something else before a disturbed song, by the way. Oh, I know. Okay. I'm not I'm not fond of that. The, the original one puts me to sleep. The other one just makes me want to leave the room. I like the original. One. <laughs> um, it was about a couple that I was friends with, and they both decided to part ways for. Just the reason that they didn't see where it was going, even though they'd been together for a long time. Mm-hmm. But when I spoke with them both individually, they both had the same sentiments about not really wanting to go separate ways, but they just didn't feel like anything was really going anywhere. So it's essentially about how they both felt okay. the same, which was kind of strange. Okay. Nice, man. Nice and uh, so you guys, uh, you got you sent in a, a few pictures of um, of some gear. So we're gonna have uh, Justin pull pull one of those up first. And Look I'm at gonna, that thing! I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna assume Asher, this is uh, your setup here, huh? Uh, it's changed a little bit since that photo, but yeah. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, 
306 symbols that I see there. <laughs> well, uh, the the symbols are a bit of a, a secret. I don't I don't want word getting out about uh, how I get them to sound like that, but uh, nice. I can tell you that uh, they're all handmade. Oh wow! Uh, you know the drum set. Most of it is Mapex Armory. It's you know affordable but good. Yes, I'm a big I, fan of Mapex. I got every size I could find of that. You can see. Uh, so how how many like you know when when you look at a, a at a basic shell pack you know they call it a five piece like how many pieces is this? Let me think. Not not counting <laughs> not counting symbols. I'm just yeah, talking just uh, drums. Um. I mean, this looks like something Neil Pert would be playing, man. <laughs> 14, 16, well, he's counting. 14. He's in the double digits. I'm gonna say it's eleven. Okay. Um, Dang, dude. That's pretty impressive. And do you, I mean, all kidding aside, you bring this entire thing to like pretty much every show? That's a hell of a setup. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, that, at least as it looks there, that stays in the practice room. Gotcha. Only a few of the drums make what's it out. Your, yeah, I was going to say, what's your show setup? More more traditional five-piece yeah, type it's, thing? It's, it's a five-piece kit. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, man. And then I think we have another another photo. I believe it's uh, some guitars. Ah, that's my uh, my RD Army. Nice. Um, it's an instrument that no one plays, thankfully. Uh, it they weigh a ton, but they all have their own individual sound. Um, one of them's from the seventies. One's from about fifteen years ago, and one is one of a kind. Um, I'm able to get like sort of strat-like sounds out of one, and sort of mix that to get a Les Paul sound. And um, who, yeah. make, who makes this? Uh, these are Gibson RD artists. Okay, but they're nice. a great instrument. There. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, these are Gibson RD artists. They're really large and they weigh a ton. And they were what I used for a very long time, but then I had an on-the-job injury, and I couldn't play instruments that had any weight to them. Okay. So I played hollow bodies for quite a few years, and I had a procedure a few years ago. And um, one day I was moving some stuff, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I can lift stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This means I don't have to play hollow bodies anymore. This is great. So I went and I experimented, and... I got a weightier instrument. Okay. And I'm like, oh my god, this is perfect. This feels truly like home again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with a hollow body, I almost feel like I'm going to throw the thing at any time. Oh yeah, no, of course. But of with course. one of these, it rests on me and it feels just perfect. You guys, uh, either one of you two guys uh, use pedals and things, or you you pretty clean through the amps. I I definitely use quite a bit of pedals. Okay. I. Mainly in my old band, but now since like, since I tune all the way down to drop C, it's kind of harder to use pedals. Since like, it, like it's already pretty muddy. Like using the low C, so adding pedals to that just makes it like. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you there, man. I hear you there. And you and you have a, a pedal board setup. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's at the very beginning of. Um the first video we released, we're actually, we're actually uh, releasing a video series where we started in January. So every month it's sort of a different single just because everyone has like oh, nice. this super low attention span. So it's like, okay, well, we put this whole thing out back in July mm-hmm. as a whole digital disc, I guess you can call it. And um, so, you know, what? let's use the videos to promote each song individually. So yeah. every month we release a different video single. Yeah. And the first one was for the single Echoes. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, um, but he kind of shot it almost like a commercial. And going from the like floorboard up, it's like, all right, there's a really great view of my board and my foot. And <laughs> going up the instrument and whatnot, so you're hearing like my delay and my other delay going. And I have a modified wah, and I use a pog that... I have set to be in between an octaver yeah. and an organ, which I refer to as Transylvania. <laughs> and Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, the pog is great. It's like the secret weapon. 
it's between an octave and a 12 string effect and um that organ so nice like in the first song in our set you hear it right away and like what the heck is that <laughs> but it's cool it really fills in a lot of space especially when you're a three-piece i like you tend that. to write with more larger open chords and yeah. just power chords and that kind of stuff. I like the uh, I like the releasing one video a month thing. Um, we uh, we put out a, a full album um, out in November, and I mean you know there's 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 positives to that as well. But I feel like you know you released it and then that's it. Like you know it's it's hard to keep getting people excited about it and it's like you know you're like hey what about this song and they're like yeah we already heard that well what about this song we already heard that you know so it's it's a little harder i i like i think our next thing is just going to be start releasing singles as opposed to as opposed to a full album i think there's i think in today's uh really low attention span internet media you know kind of situation that we have these days i think it's just smarter to release singles than it is so you can release you know, two, three, four, five singles in a year, and you've captured that audience two or three, four, five times that year, as opposed to one big time and then you're done. You know, so yeah, that's definitely a a better idea. So, what else do you guys have uh, future plans wise? You're doing the videos, and then what else are you doing? Um, well, this one, this is alive in the gardens because we're in the gardens. Great. Um, we filmed that here actually a year ago. Okay, like here at Live Music Community, right mm-hmm. here. Oh, a year, fantastic! Literally a year ago. Oh, that's awesome. Like I was looking through. Um, you know, they said you can invite people if you want. I invited one person who was the guy I originally started this band with. Okay. Who's the one who mixed and mastered the whole thing, too. Nice. And for me, it just felt like he was the right person to be here because he was around when I wrote some of these songs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it just made sense, and he did an incredible job with it. I mean, I was sending Asher the mixes mm-hmm. back when he was doing it. Like, holy crap, this sounds amazing. Like, we have to put this out. <laughs> nice. Nice. But originally we filmed it just because a lot of places were like, well, where can we hear you? Where can we see you? Yep. We need some sort of promotional yep. whatever. So it goes back All to right. that whole social media thing. It's hard to get booked when they can't see and, and hear you. You know, just you're not going to take your word for it, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But um, I mean, I think it's a great idea to release a video single every single month because yeah. then you have something new to promote and you can attach that to with your shows. You know, we'll make little. Um, sort of 15-second teaser videos like, yeah. okay, we're at X venue and this yeah. date with these bands. Come out. Come get loud with us because we're freaking loud. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. Content, content, content. It's the name of the game right now. So You know, it's a nice thing to attach with every show, too. Like, yeah. here's a different song as well, not just the same one yeah. with every single video, which is nice. Well, what else do you guys have coming up? Um, you got any shows coming up or anything that you have locked mm-hmm. in? Yep. yep. We uh we're actually just going through all those details earlier today. We have uh I think it's the Gingers on it's the fifth. Revenge yeah. of the fifth. Ah uh <laughs> Gingers is gonna be on uh Revenge of the Fifth, which is gonna be cool. Gingers is down in Fort Lauderdale, is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then nice. we're going to be at the end of May at oh god, what's it called? The Roasted Record. Okay. Which looks really, really freaking cool. I'm not sure if it's going to be inside or outside. Where's that at? Stewart. Okay. Somewhere. <laughs> Roasted record. That sounds familiar. I think I think I've seen where other bands have played there or something. Because I do I do remember seeing that name somewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I tried to go see a it's show. An actual, there. It's a record store, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a record store and a coffee store. I'm like, holy crap, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, that is cool. That is really cool. Actually, that's a cool venue. That's a cool, <laughs> cool venue idea. Yeah, anything I, else coming up? Um we're hoping to stick one more show in. Then during June, it'll be a focus on working with these newer songs. And yeah. I really want to firm up a lot more of the uh, lyrics really to that stuff. And hopefully in July, we'll get to go ahead and decide which ones to record for the next release. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this is where I do my uh, my uh, shameless Kill Billies plug. <laughs> so, uh, what Kill Billies has going on this weekend is uh, Friday night we're playing at Das over in Abacoa. That's always a good time. And then uh, Saturday, Ben and James are doing a duo at Square Grouper from three to six. And then Saturday night we are playing at O'Shea's, um, another another fun place that we play, starting at nine o'clock, and we'll be there all the way through. I think one a.m. So. 
that's what Kill Billies has going on this weekend. Um, and uh, and I think we're putting a tour together for October for two weeks. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, so we just we did one last summer. That's when we recorded the album up in Memphis, and then we're doing uh, another one in this October. We'll figure out where we're going. We're just still working on the details, I guess. But that sounds um, awesome. Yeah. But, uh, guys, it was a pleasure having you here. I appreciate you guys uh, being here. It was great meeting all of you. Um, I, uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best in the future. Um, you, you know, you guys have a, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, I've been, you know, listening to your guys' stuff on Spotify and everything. And it's, uh, yeah, getting your numbers up, getting your numbers up. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys coming and, and hanging out and, and chatting a little bit about the band and everything. So, Thank you very much yeah, for having us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for everybody uh, out there listening, watching, uh, uh, you know, whatever absorbing the show if you will uh 561music.com uh is uh, is where all the all the tabs are i mean all the social stuff is is there um the website's there the donation buttons are there if you want to sponsor an episode um or or 10 um that's there um there's festival information from the last festival um that we've posted on there there's still shirts available from the last festival um, and then all the social medias are at five six one music podcast. So um, there's also uh, you, you saw at the beginning of the show you saw a, a little quick ad for our hotline. Um, feel free to call the hotline. We've gotten a couple of calls. I, I didn't talk about them today because Ben's not here, and I, I want to have that discussion with Ben. But we have gotten a couple of calls on the hotline, and uh, it's going to be fun to talk about those on the next episode. But uh, thank you guys again for uh, for hanging out. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank thanks, you. guys. Appreciate thank you. It.